In this episode of Made in America podcast, we meet Veronica Scott, founder and CEO of The Empowerment Plan, a Detroit-based nonprofit that's breaking the cycle of homelessness through employment, one coat at a time. Made in America. Hey, today we're really psyched to have Veronica Scott, founder and CEO of The Empowerment Plan on Made in America podcast. Hey, Veronica, welcome to Made in America. Thank you for having me. Hey, you know, Veronica, I know we're going to talk about the Empowerment Plan, but but I'd like to hear a little bit about yourself. Now, tell us a little something about you that, you know, kind of helps us understand a little bit about, you know, who you are and why you do what you do. Well, to give you a little background, Empowerment Plan is a nonprofit organization here in Detroit that focuses on ending generational homelessness and poverty through employment. Got it. And we'll get into like more of how we do that later, but Really, this is a deeply personal project for me. Yep. Um, the reason we focus on generational poverty and homelessness is because that's the situation that I grew up in. Both uh, of my parents struggled with unemployment, poverty, addiction. Right. Um, and growing up in that situation as a kid, a lot of times you're treated one either as like you're worthless by extension, yeah. that because your parents are unemployed, because they didn't finish high school, they didn't, you know, go to college, that you're bound to repeat the same life. Yes. Um, that you're by default going to be the same person. Right, right. And you feel like you're digging out of a hole. Right. And so having that experience growing up really shaped the way that I've now worked on Empowerment Plan and what it is today. Right, right. Hey, and, and you know, I, I have to ask, what are you passionate about? I mean, I, I look, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, you, you created this product, you've done all this other stuff, you're an entrepreneur, and I know that your whole role has changed. Obviously, it's changed in the last 10 years, but yeah. but what, what are you passionate about? You know, what what is Veronica passionate about every day, you know, that drives you? You know, it's a, it's a million things. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very passionate person, yeah. um, but for me, you know, one, it's about, care and equity like one just being a good human being to everybody that you engage with right um and how to help those that have been given such like a a i don't know how to say without swearing but like a crappier chance with given so many obstacles that they have to face yeah. and it's completely unfair how do you how do you help lower those and right. use whatever privilege you may have and i'm very lucky yeah. as a person to be born where i was born and to have amazing educational opportunities even though i was born in a situation of yeah. poverty yeah and yeah. that's that's so uncommon to also have family members that could take me in right that right. even at a worst case scenario that happened with my family and, and their rock bottom we had others that cared. Good. And good. so how do I give that experience to those that may not be that lucky to have somebody there for them? Yeah. That they're doing this alone. Right. Like right. that, that makes me incredibly passionate, whether it's a parent or a child, um, you know, doing that work is really exciting. Yep. And just like good design. Like I'm, a, I'm obviously a design nerd. So yeah, like yeah. anything beautiful design, and usually those things don't mesh, but I really think <laughs> that they should. Um, and uh, yeah, and of course, like you know, working out in Pilates, Pilates. Yeah, the- so <laughs> throw in some other things in there that I'm really it's, passionate. It's about. the 360 approach. Yes, exactly. Yes. So <laughs> holistically, you yes, ask yes, me, yes. Music, yeah. music, Pilates, nice. people that are trapped in horrible systemic 
yeah. uh, problems. And, you know, there you go. Well, well, let me ask him. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, spill the beans and get it out there right now. But the jacket that you've created that is, you know, your your calling card, your hallmark, if, if you will, um, that, that morphs into a sleeping bag so that people have a shelter, you know, not only to be warm on the streets, but at night, they, you know, they can, they can you know, tra- transform it into a place to, to actually stay warm and sleep. Do you consider yourself, um, are, are you an inventor? Are you a problem solver? I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, people say, well, look, I solve problems. I look at a situation, I analyze, I connect the dots, and I figure out what to do. How did how did your coat come about? Was it was it a solution to a problem? Was it, were you just blue skying? I mean, how did that come to be? It's interesting, too. Like, I think it's interesting how people define themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I get the fact that I wouldn't call myself an inventor because with clothing, it's very hard to, like, with anything now, I feel like it's very hard to invent something completely new. Right. Um, but I definitely see myself as a problem solver. I don't yeah. even like, I, I even struggle with the terminology entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's such a weird thing when you, yeah. it's a very good question. So I definitely see myself as a problem solver. Right. And from the beginning, how Empowerment Plan started, it didn't start off as an organization. It started off as a class project of mine in college. Yeah, yeah. And that class project was about designing to fill a need in the community. Right. Now, the community that I was in was Detroit. Right. And this was in 2010. Yep. When the economy, the global economy had collapsed, but Detroit was about to hit bankruptcy. Yeah. And so when you talk about a city that has needs, right. uh, Detroit yeah. has yeah. many, 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 many. Right. And the problem was a lot of them were so big and so systemic that it felt too overwhelming to tackle as a student, certainly. Right. Right. Um, you've got public education, public transportation. Um, debt, like there's a, there was a ton that was going on. Right. So really what I did was go out initially and start talking to people in the community, which yeah. was like a first, because most of us were holed up in our classrooms, yeah. Yeah. dorm rooms. Yeah. And I heard then what I still even hear to this day, which is, you know, I see somebody on my way to work or on my way to school and I want to do something to help, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. They're out there in the worst weather. Right. And I want I want to do something, yeah. but I have no idea what will actually have an impact. Right. And everyone from every age has felt that conflict mm-hmm. internally. Right. Um, how people handle it is different, but that same struggle is so common. Yeah. And so really, that was the premise that started the class. Right. And from there, the class project for me. And then I Googled, you know, Detroit shelters, yeah. uh, showed up at the first one that came up on the list. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Not, not very good at research at that yeah. time, but it was really about, it was really about, you know, this talking to getting people out and there. getting to know, yeah. getting out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, this shelter was known as the last stop for most people. Oh you God. didn't have to be clean. You didn't have to be sober. Wow. It has a street, a street name of just hell. Wow. Um, it's a warming center. So yeah. you, there's about a hundred chairs, uh, in this room and there's a television and you get to sit there for eight hours before oh, being rotated God. out for the next group. Can, and that's can I, it. can I say that institutional, yeah. it, it's almost like an opiate, you know, having that television, I, I know what else are they going to do? You know what I mean? It's not like a reading library, you know, but, but yeah. I, that TV just, I don't know that, that just causes problems as well. So, but sorry. I, I just, no, no, it's, it's, it's really it's such a dire yeah, circumstance yeah. where that needs to exist because at the time there were about 20,000 people that were homeless in Detroit. Oh my God. And that meant like one, one in 42 people wow. in Detroit were, wow. were homeless. And that was so extreme that there was only a few shelters yeah. that were open. Yeah. 
especially with the financial crisis right. that were able to stay open. Right. So warm warming centers like this had to exist because otherwise there was nowhere for people to go. Yeah. There yeah. was only 1200 beds oh, to sleep in every night. So you had over, right. you have like 18,000 people oh, wandering around. Wow. So, and this one warming center could only house, I think about a hundred to 200 people at any <laughs> given time. Oh, and no. so that's where I did research. Yeah. That's where I spent my time. Right. I remember the first day I showed up, classmates were supposed to come with me and none of them did. It was a one story <laughs> windowless building surrounded oh. by a barbed wire yes, with nice. only one, one, one entrance that you had to go through <laughs> two metal detectors and a pat down. Wow. And once you got in that space, I was there to talk to a few people basically. Huh. And that was it. And the night manager was like, all right, wow. good luck. You're going to need it. Yeah. He clicks off the television. Oh no. Oh no. And I, and of course I ruin everyone's <laughs> evening. Oh boy. Um, there goes the tonight show. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. I had people, everyone in the room stood up and oh, started swearing no. at me. Oh my God. And you know, after everyone calmed down, all yeah. I could say was I'm broke. I live with my grandparents and I need your help passing this class. <laughs> And super motivational. I got 10 people to talk to me. The general response great, was, if great. you want to help us turn our fucking television Yeah, back yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Like, exactly. Understood. Yeah, understood. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. And that was the origin. That's the beginning of empowerment. Plan right. And designing the coat with that population in that warming center. So, so I have to ask, um, th this is what I find fascinating is um, I, I know that you, you were inspired and, and I think someone really took a mentor position with you, which is Emre Molnar. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I mean, from his Patagonia days, I worked in the outdoor industry and I know how important, you know, material fabric and all of that is. I mean, um, so, okay, so you've got this calling, you've got this project for this jacket, but how did you approach it? I mean, probably you weren't even, if you hadn't been exposed to high tech, you know, things from BASF or from Gore, um, you probably were working with what? Probably wool, cotton. How important was that when suddenly you realized that there was this whole world out there of products that could lighten it, make it more durable, make it, you know what I mean? Resist wind and oh water. Oh my God. It's so funny because the first few coats I was trying loosely, I didn't really understand what recycled content meant. So I, <laughs> I thought that I literally had to take trash and turn it into a garment. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to learn how to sew from my mother, which wow. was the worst experience of her life and mine. Yes. And then um, I seam ripped old wool coats and then Frankenstein sewed them back together <laughs> to use to cut the pattern wow. from. And then old billboard fabric. Oh. So that first coat weighed like 24 pounds. <laughs> it was freaking ridiculous. Nobody could stand up inside of it. And because of the shiny black interior fabric I had, oh. it looked like a body bag. Oh, no. Out as a, oh, as no. A sleeping bag. It looked like one of the body bags in the movie. Hey, everyone. So, hey, everyone. We're turning off the TV tonight. I'd like you to try this on. <laughs> I'd like you to climb into this body bag, please. Oh, the, oh, oh! I would, I would come back every week with a new prototype, wow. and or every two weeks, yeah, and yeah. people would see it and they'd be like, "I'm not getting in that. It looks like a body bag. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm sleeping this." And the, I initially wanted it to be a coat tent, and I used yeah. orange construction fencing for oh, structure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it fell immediately. Oh, it failed no. <laughs> epically. So you know, I went through many design iterations, right. and it was funny. So I got it. Like, I, then I started. I switched to Tyvek. Yeah, yeah. But Tyvek wasn't that great either no. for a lot of reasons. Doesn't breathe. Uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't breathe. Shreds easy. Yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff. It's a pain in the butt to sew. <laughs> so there's like all these things that are problems with it. But yeah. you know, at that point, 
I had gotten a street name that I still have in this area to this day, which is the crazy coat girl. Oh, or just nice. The, or just the coat lady. The, the coat sure. lady. I love it. Nice. Yeah. So because I would be walking around with prototypes, I had a spokesperson. His name was Pee Wee. Uh, he was five foot two, yeah. the deepest, raspiest voice, and everyone was terrified of him. Yeah. I had no idea why. He was your and ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would walk around. We'd walk around the city. He'd have a wow, clipboard. Man. And we'd have people try on the coat and see what oh. they thought. And and this is like this is what started the relationship with Emre was right. people on the street that had been displaced for years right. were coming up to me and asking, you know, so I hear you're the coat lady. Like, when am I going to get a coat? <laughs> and I was like, it takes me like two weeks to make one. Like, no, like never, never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it was so prevalent right. that I decided to make it another class project. Right. Oh, and yeah. at the time... There's only one teacher that really wanted to bother with this. They thought it was like cute yeah. and sweet and all those very yeah. extremely fem- feminine words. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. Incredibly yeah. male dominated yes. design area. Oh, yeah. And and they're like, oh, that's adorable. Oh, Good geez. for you to want to help people. That's cute, but that's not how you're going to make money. Yeah. And yeah. so the only, so I, I, I write my first like business plan because I heard that's what you need to get money. It was 15 pages of pictures. Oh yeah. It had one spreadsheet in the back that said we needed $1,600 for a year. Um, and uh, that was it. It was, it was it had like five sentences total in the whole thing. Isn't ignorant bl- ignorance is bliss though, isn't it? Ignorance look back, is bliss. Look back on those days oh, and say to yourself, wow. Uh, I mean, so come nice. on. Yeah. No kidding. I know. Like a sewing machine, no fabric, <laughs> no thread, no nothing, just sewing machines, whatever. And if we break um, the one needle we have, we're in real trouble. <laughs> we're really fucked, guys. Yeah, yeah, if we yeah. break the one needle, yep. we have to duct tape it together. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so I built that business plan right, and I was right. like, well, okay, yeah. I need money. Who's going to give me money? Ah. And I, the old, like, I didn't have money. No one in my family right, had right, money. Right, right. So, but here's this college that I'm going to that I pay money to every year. They give me money to start my business. Right. Not how it works. Right. Not how that works. (laughs) But I get a meeting with the the provost, the dean, who is Emre at the time. Wow. So I get I get a meeting with him. And it was so funny because right before he passed away, I got an award from Harvard University. Oh, congrats. And the JFK. Yes. The reason, yes. the reason I'm telling you this is because Emre, I invited as my guest. Oh, way to and go. It's, yeah. It was at Boston. It was in Boston. This yeah. was a month before he passed away. Oh, man. He flew out. We went to the dinner. Oh. And he, I'm going to tell you his version of this story because it's hysterical. <laughs> so in his story, he told, he told everyone how we first met. Yeah. And in his version, I Rambo style kicked in the door to his office. I threw my business plan down and was like, I need money and this is what I need it for. And I want to help people and you're going to help me. Oh man. That is not how I remember that meeting going. Apparently I'm incredibly forceful is what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because his response was, "There's, you know, no, yeah. we're not giving you money. There's yeah. no way the school's giving you money." <laughs> but I may, I may know somebody that can. Wow, cool. And so that's cool. when he made the call to Carhartt. Yeah, and they became our first partner. What ever. a great company, by the way, Carhartt. I mean, just, oh, just it, incredible. Yeah, incredible company, yeah. and they really took me under their wing, and they did not have to. Yeah, they yeah. really did. Wow. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I was I, one of my passions is the outdoors. You know, is bicycling, and I, I was so bummed to see that Emery died riding his bicycle. I, I, that yeah, just, he was in California. That just yeah. blew my mind. I mean, but but incredible. Well, the, great. Well, and then I know that that you know he must have had a huge impact with materials and how to approach oh, you know design. Completely. And, yeah. Yeah. He he put himself on his faculty right, to right. teach me my last nice, year in college. Nice, nice, nice. And no, because no one else wanted to do it, and he pushed it. Wow. So so um so I have to ask now, how many years have you been doing this? How how many years has Empowerment been doing what you're doing? Empowerment Frame has been around for about eight years now. Wow, eight. incredible. Yeah, yeah. And and where are you in the life cycle? I mean, um, look, I know you're making the coach, and you're making what um several hundred a year. I, I, I'm no okay thousands. Uh, nice. So, We've made so the first year of existence, we made under a thousand. Okay, got it. Okay, um, you know we're figuring it out and had no idea what we we're doing. Right. But since then, we've made about forty-three thousand. Oh units. man, I had no idea. And, wow. Yeah, and we've wow. done distribution across the entire U.S. Yes. and now twenty other countries. Oh man, way to go! So we do coat handouts not only here in the U.S. but again refugee camps, disaster oh, relief, man. all sorts of way things. To go. So there's many many uses. Yeah there yeah. and that's all through word of mouth right wow. that is all through organizations reaching out to us and finding now, people th- yeah yeah last year we did six thousand codes oh, this year man. uh we're, we did about like this past year we've done about nine thousand wow. and next year we're we could do next year we could do fifteen thousand or more incredible so 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 perfect now i have to ask you know what where are you taking the company? I mean, and, and we'll get a little bit here into, because I want to ask some questions about, you know, skills gap and some other things you're up to. But but what do you see? I mean, do you see this continuing to grow with more production, maybe refinements to the code itself? I mean, what what's what's kind of that goal right there? We've made some recent design improvements for sure. Right. We now have um, what we're launching in the fall is like the foot bag, what we call the foot bag, which is the sleeping bag component becomes a backpack, Got, oh, becomes nice. a backpack. Yeah. And now we have pockets internally that are clear plastic Yeah, that we work with different cities and we get critical information that oh. they're trying to get to people in need, oh, like yes. emer- emergency, you know, if you need an emergency ride right. or you need to right. get into a shelter immediately. Right. Wow. Um, all, all of that information is in the code now um, based on the city and it can be updated. So, that was what was that's some design improvements we've recently made i, I love i love the um, backpack because I, I live with a backpack I, i'm never without oh, it yeah. and, and, and you know and i have to laugh in the, in the mid 90s people would laugh at me ski resorts out on the bike trail like oh, yeah. where, where are you going camping and i'm like hey yeah I, exactly i got everything my wallet i get everything i need in there you know and, and it's not but but smart move the backpack is huge for these for all these people it's so. about it's really about hearing from the people that are right. using the product right, and right. a lot of them what was happening in a lot of cities was that like the the city government would go into a, a homeless encampment community right, or people, right. a group of people that are displaced and go in and throw away all their belongings of oh, man. The, uh, the, the items that people couldn't oh, take with them yeah and so what we've been doing now is we actually get cop you know we yeah. have individual police officers ordering coats yeah. oh yeah so what yeah. we've we start working with the city put them in the trunks of their are, cars yeah yeah put them put them in the back of cruisers oh, put them yeah. in the back of buses nice, nice. put them please, in buses please. put them in emergency rooms nice i love so, it so so the front lines are where people are seeing individuals that are displaced and in severe need of support right we're 
getting them there, which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. So that's something that we found recently. Yep. So so the skills gap. Um, I know what you're doing with seamstresses, but then it's really important. I encourage everyone to go to your website. It, there's so many mm-hmm. other jobs. There's people who are learning how to handle inventory, how to handle yeah. you know shipping, how to handle. Um, what else are you guys doing? I mean, I I I thought I saw something where you may actually start to expand to some more kind of you know, fear to use gig economy, gig, you know, jobs, but uh, coding, maybe other tasks these people could be using to help your business so, and maybe. Yeah, there's a, a way to look at it. And this is where we really, I really, where I see the organization growing because it's not just about like creating more volume of product. I right. think for us, it's about how do we grow the employment opportunities? Yeah, yeah. Because what we focus on doing is we hire individuals from shelters. Okay. So they're, all of them are predominantly parents. So uh, individuals yeah. with th- 3.5 oh, kids yeah. on average. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we employ them for about two years, yep. making the coat right. um, before they move on into other jobs. Right, right. Now, what people don't know about us really is that we're actually like a 60-40 mix of oh. six, 60% of the paid work time right. is production. Right. 40% of that paid time is devoted to the soft skill development piece. Way to go. So Way to go. whether you're meeting with a case manager, clinical social worker, or you're going to one of the classes that right. are on site. So right. we have G- GED classes, yep. financial health and wellness, oh, professionalism and leadership development, mindfulness and meditation, restorative yoga, oh. domestic violence support groups. Nicely done. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, we do a wraparound service. We bring in all of these supports on site. Right, right. Um, and that's what's been the most impactful. So right. everybody we hire, they usually they move out of the shelter usually within the first, you know, four to six weeks on right. average. Right. And since we began, not a single person has fallen oh, back into homelessness. Congratulations, man! That's incredible. And that's. That's what we're very proud of. And I think it's, and what the reason we think that that happens is because we look at the holistic person, right? You know, a lot of the times right now in cities around the globe, right now, somebody that's displaced, let's say they want to get out of poverty, right? There was a study in Chicago that said one single woman would have to go to over 72 different organizations oh to get out of poverty. God. Oh, my God. And that's impossible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. how you're going to yeah. do that on yeah. your own. And on top and of everything else that yeah. you're dealing with. On yeah. top of everything. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. So that's that's as if you're a single woman. Can you wow. imagine doing that with three kids? Oh, or no. Five kids? no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. And so that's why we bring everything on site. And also, when we are looking at this individual, we're saying we know that income is part of it, but that's not the only piece. Yeah. You also need mental health support. Right. You need emotional support. You need to build your confidence back up. You need yeah. to look and maybe there are some physical health concerns. Yep. There are transportation issues. There are child care issues. Yeah. 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 So we look at the whole picture. Beautiful. And the first first 90 days is just triage of wow. looking at transportation, yeah. Yeah. housing, and childcare. That's great. And then from there, we work on the, the bigger things. And, and isn't it something um, that I yeah. think I think you can concentrate on your job if you don't have outside distractions? So obviously now, when they're working for you for empowerment, they, it's just they're, they're more dedicated because they're not, they don't have those things nagging at them. You know what I mean? Where am I going to go do. tonight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They still do. It's about 
also getting people to open up and trust right. that we're here for yeah. them is very, yeah. you know, that's a hard part because they've been, you know, a lot of people have been so burned yeah. by the system yeah. in the yeah. past wow. that they've, they've just been sent from one place to another, yeah. to another, right. to another, to another. And they get exhausted right. and they get frustrated. They get frustrated, then they give up. Yeah. And so yeah. it's completely understandable. So a lot of what we have to do is earn the trust of the people that we serve. Right. And then, at the same time, help build up their confidence because at the end of the day, yeah. the confidence and feeling good about yourself is the number one predictor of long-term success. Yeah. Like yeah. if you are feeling confident, which you can actually start to see that change in someone over time, yeah. then these other jobs are more achievable. These other, like you've learned something new, you've learned how to sew and right. you didn't know how right. to do that before. And, and, um, and, and what and else yeah. can you do? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 well put, well put. Yeah. So, so I have to ask him, why is Detroit important to you and to empowerment? I mean, um, you know, it, it, you know, you started there, you built it, but, but it seems like you guys are just, you know, you're branching out, but uh, staying in Detroit, is that important to empowerment? I think so. You know, Detroit is obviously home for me. Right. And I think it's important when we talk about design in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, there are so many, or there's so many people that I see designing for communities that are not their own. Right. And they think, they think that they know what's best. Right. Um, for another population or yeah. another culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've, I think the reason we've been successful is that Detroit is my home and right. Detroit has been my home for generations of my family. Nice. Um, nice. And so I think for me, this is about the people that I knew that lived around the corner from me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we discredit people that do stuff locally a lot. We make them feel small for only, only focusing on their neighborhood. But yeah. when in reality, that has the most profound impact. Yeah, yeah. And not to um, not to undersell people doing great work in the community. Right. So I think for me this is home. Yeah. And home to the people that we serve and like Good. specifically Good. with Detroit Good. the problem was is that we've depended on one industry for a long time. Yes. Yes. And then when the industry fell apart. Right. Um so many people left, but yeah. there's a huge population of Detroiters that stayed. Yeah. And they are not actually, you know, really what's happening is now that there are new jobs coming in. Right. The people that stayed did not get the same good educational uh, opportunities, yeah. were part of an underfunded system. Yeah. And are going to be, they're going to be left behind and have been left behind yes. by this new resurgence, which right. is exciting for many, but not, not for the people that have weathered the horrible storm of what's happened in Detroit. Right. So how do you help create a system that the people that have been here the longest get the same opportunity? Well put. And for, well put. Yeah. And that's and that's why Detroit matters. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. So so I have to ask, um, you know, every one of our our calls, you know, our conversations, you know, I like to kind of, you know, sum it up or end it with a question. And that basically is, hey, you know, Veronica, what why is made in America important to you and empowerment? You know, why, why, why America? Why make it here? I mean, you know, to you, you know, and, and I know everyone has a different answer to that. So. Yeah. Why make it? Well, making it here on him, we make, we make, you know, we, we hire people so we can make coats. It's right. not like, right. it's not the other way around. We're right. very backwards. We yeah. do this for the employment purpose. Yeah. And we do that. Because of the pride, the dignity, the confidence building that employment skills and cr creating a job that supports people and learning skills, like how, how much that can offer and right. how much 
it has the ripple effect that it has on a community when you invest in a person oh, with yeah, a job yeah, yeah. and all those wraparound services. Yeah. You're not just impacting them, you're impacting their family, but then their friends, yeah. the people that they're around. The city. So I, yeah, the, the city. city. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important wow. from our standpoint. We just happen to, our byproduct of what we're doing. Yeah. The code is a the code is a vehicle for us to employ. You, you know what? We just happen to have that byproduct. Thank you. I didn't want to say it earlier, but you know, I don't want to sound corny. But it, the code is a metaphor for everything you've done and everything you're doing. You know, the code mm-hmm. is the vehicle, but but yeah, it goes so much deeper. So wow. Hey, Veronica Scott, the empowerment plan. Uh, congratulations. I, I'm you know incredible story, and um, I'm going to oh, get myself you. up to Detroit. I got to come visit you guys and oh, um, spend a day. Hey, I want I want to see. I, I actually took a sewing class. Um, I, I took a home ec class in, in high school. So. <laughs> oh my god, I love <laughs> so it. So put me to work oh, for a day. Boy. So anyway, okay, yeah, well, you're going to sign some waivers, <laughs> and once you sign those waivers, we're happy to put you to work. Um, well, I promise yep. I won't break any needles. So anyway, yeah, I was like, does this home ec classes include industrial sewing machines um so that would be great well listen you take care of yourself all the best we'll stay in touch and um i guess that's it man thank you very much thank you so much for over 60 years detroit has probably called itself the motor city but today thanks to veronica and her crew at the empowerment plan detroit can proudly call itself the comeback city i can't wait to visit veronica and take one of her sewing machines for a spin Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this episode and join us next time for more stories that are Made in America.